to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, good morning and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. And I suppose it may not be morning when you're listening to this. So good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And good night, Jim Carrey, (laughs) comes to mind. I had a good night last night. We did not. Not that... Well, I'm being being facetious. My my four-year-old son decided to become a vomit rocket. Wow. Love it. Yes. World class. That's incredible. It I'm, it it was it was definitely world class. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Josh is a Cowboys fan, and I'm a Packers fan. It was not a good week for either of us, Josh. You know, I didn't even know what. How did the Packers? Who they play? Played the um, uh, Eagles mm. in Green Bay and lost by a touchdown. Oh no! Played, guys, guys, yeah, come on. Brutal, Let's brutal. talk about something important. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. Baseball's <laughs> over now. The Royals' <laughs> game, the Royals' last game <laughs> of the season was yesterday. It's over. We Season's done. We are in the wild card, and I don't know when listeners will be cluing into this, but I did the MLB <laughs> bracket challenge, and I put Tampa Bay going all the way through, beating the Braves in the World Series. We so. love those Montreal Rays. Wow, <laughs> Montreal Rays. <laughs> The only baseball I am, thing I, I know am is short the Rangers today because <laughs> I'm short today because my son kept me up all night vomiting. So he's short. Let's get the, the, let's, no Montreal Rays jokes. <laughs> I'm a little spunky today because I was up in the middle of the night not feeling well either. So it wasn't my mm. son's fault. It was my fault. I just didn't feel well at all. But yeah, Montreal we, we Rays, do have a topic fantastic. to talk about that makes us all happy. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. it's a really fun topic today. Baptism Sunday. Yes. Hey, is that a gimmick? I feel like there needs to be some like quick promo language every time you say it. Like, dun, dun, dun. Baptism, Baptism Sunday. Sunday. Coming this week to a church near you. It's <laughs> oh. Baptism Sunday. Micah. Baptist Convention. Micah, your <laughs> voice, man. I tell you. You, Good. you you need to be like the intro guy for uh, for the denomination. Yeah, we don't even I'm pretty sure that's Jonathan Howe. Here. Jonathan Howe is the voice. The he voice. is. Yeah, I was with him this week and now he works for the denomination. <laughs> he does. Those denominational oh, guys. But they had a good idea. Is this their idea? Is this something that's been going around or did I just now notice because? So so here's the thing. So for within our denomination, there has been on the calendar for quite some time a baptism Sunday. It's the first Sunday in September, hmm. but nearly no one knew about it, talked about it, thought about it. J.D. Greer is the president this year and decided we need to emphasize baptism. And he encouraged churches to do a particular baptism Sunday where they called people to trust Christ and be baptized. And uh, and it was the first Sunday in September. You guys did not do none of us on this podcast did baptism Sunday on the first Sunday of September, though, right? We do. You know, that's just the way we are. We're the denominational bad boys. We're doing it a week <laughs> later and you can't stop us. We, uh, we do a beach baptism. That's, That's awesome. So yeah, Josh, ours, ours do you was, do a beach baptism, Josh? No, no. Yeah, we don't do that so much either. Arkansas are not nearly as good as Florida. <laughs> I'm thinking bad thoughts about you, Sam, right now, just just to be clear. With <laughs> your beach not, baptism. I'm thinking of sand. <laughs> no, I do hate Sam. Hate uh, sand. I love Sam. I, I love hate Sam. sand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you better watch out, Michael. All right, Sam. I am a little cranky right now. So tell us about your beach baptism, though, because that does really sound awesome, and it's just mostly my jealousy coming through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something we do twice a year. Year, May and September. 
um, and we just recently had one. So our ba- our baptism Sunday did not fall on the baptism uh, Sunday that's prescribed by the denominational calendar. That being said, we still emphasize baptism twice a year uh, at the beach. We're all, and we're always emphasizing baptism, obviously, sure. throughout the year. But, sure, you know, there's times to just really focus in on the what we believe about baptism, the doctrine of baptism, the practice of baptism. Um, you know, for us, it's obviously a prerequisite for membership. So it's good to, uh, yeah. to emphasize these things throughout the year. We do it twice a year. Um, we do it every year. So I think we we didn't really address it much, but what, I'll be the voice of the skeptics, the people who are. This is just gimmicky. that's surprising that you would do that, Josh. <laughs> yeah, this is just gimmicky. <laughs> yeah. So here's when we were looking at the idea of doing this. Uh, of course, you know JD and some denominational leadership had kind of made this call. Let's all do this together. And one of the questions our pastoral lead team asked is, would we would we just do this because the denominational leadership? is calling for us to. And in our minds, that wasn't enough of a reason. As much as we love JD, he's a friend. I saw him last week. I mean, I love denominational leadership, but that's not enough for us to cha- you know, to, to shift our church calendar, to do something significant. And my response to them was, on the one hand, we were already working. We'd done evangelism classes recently. So we are in the middle of an em- emphasis, an increased emphasis on sharing the gospel with people and baptizing. So no, doing a baptism Sunday itself is not because denominational leadership for us um, called us to. The timing, however, was related to that. I mean, we were already looking for these sorts of ideas, but doing it at this time was related. We didn't do it on bap- on the Sunday that they called to. We did it four weeks later. But still, the basic general timing of it was influenced by the denomination. So in response to the is it a gimmick sort of thing, um, <clears throat> I think it can be. It doesn't have to be. I don't think it was a gimmick at my church. I'm pretty sure you guys would say it wasn't a gimmick at your church. We already do this all year long. We, j- I mean, we have a baptism Sunday every month. We have a specific Sunday every month where we do all of our baptisms. Anybody comes in, comes to Jesus, uh, we baptize them on that Sunday. And so we already do this. We just made it a much bigger emphasis mm-hmm. for this particular time. So it's not out of character. It's not out of the norm for what we already do. We just made more of a deal out of it. We had to really think through this. We had a person who wanted to join the church. And like you said, Sam, uh, baptism is a prerequisite. Now, for our church, our belief <laughs> system, um, immersion and a proper understanding, the mode and the method, are prerequisites. So that's that's something that this person had to deal with. And it was a struggle for them. And their biggest pushback was, yes, uh, just the timing of it. They were like, yes, I, I would like to be immersed. Uh, I would like to join with this fellowship. I believe what you guys believe. Um, you know, all the, the good things were in line. So we were going to baptize him anyways. When he found out that Baptism Sunday was coming up, and he started to struggle with that because he had previously been at another church that did um, what he called his words, like this huge baptism spectacle. And it was just, he said, felt like cattle. They were just lined up there, dunked, loud music, celebration, all that kind of stuff, which is obviously nothing wrong with loud music or those sort of things. But it it made me think through why is it that Baptism Sunday is not a spectacle? Why is it that even though we are highly encouraging folks to think about it and to give information, why is it not a spectacle? So uh, we had to really think through that. And I don't know if my answer to him was sufficient, but just telling him that we were thinking through it and we did not do the, what do you call them, like 
spontaneous. We did not do, you know, you just come up and get in line and then you'll, you'll be dunked that day. Um, we did not personally do that. I know that some folks just really believe that that is the only way to baptize, but who knows? Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good distinction. Um, the, the intentionality versus the spectacle. Um, and, and certainly I, I would make the argument that I don't know that anything in the church should be a spectacle, at least in its purest sense. I'm all about having a big party and, you know, even potentially doing things, you know, spontaneously, baptism included. Um, but when you, when the purpose becomes the spectacle or the event itself and not the person's baptism, I think that's where you cross the line is it, it's, it's it, the, per, you, you, when you, when you misguide the purpose of the event, sure. I guess, when, the, the way the baptism is happening. If it's all about the spectacle, then it's wrong. Um, and, and only a church, I mean, as a good congregationalist, as somebody who believes in local church autonomy, I would say it's really up to the church to, mm. to decide what that is. Every church is going to be different. Different churches are going to have different cultures. I mean, uh, clearly a, a church like uh, Mark Dever's church is going to have a very different view of what that would be as opposed to, uh, you know, a, a, a different – another kind of church in our mm -hmm. in our own tribe. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, why would it be a good idea to have an emphasis? Whether you do it – I like how – one of you, I forget which one you said, like we have it a monthly thing. We do that too. The last Sunday of the month, that's when we're going to schedule. If you don't mind, like if you don't care, we'll schedule it whenever. But if you don't mind, that's kind of when we do it just for pragmatic purposes. But why does, and you do it twice, May and September on the beach. Why is an emphasis on a particular baptism Sunday helpful? We've, we found it extremely helpful. Never done this before, but so I'll tell you what, what you we think? found. Um, so our a lot of our staff, probably the majority of our staff, the significant majority of our staff, are not on their own inherently evangelistic. I mean, it's not that they're not evangelistic. They love. I mean, they understand the importance of evangelism. They're just not naturally bent in that direction. And so we recognize that if, <clears throat> excuse me, if we don't put in place sort of structures of intentionality to think about sharing our faith and to think about calling people to believe in Christ and follow him in baptism, then um, it tends to not happen, right? So intentionality is a significant part. <clears throat> and we just got done when we're recording this. Our baptism Sunday was actually yesterday, the day before we recorded this. And it was, it was a significant day. We saw more people baptized um, than we've ever baptized since I've been here. I think actually, we don't know this for sure, but we think it was the most baptisms we've had in one day in the history of the 91, almost 92 year history or almost 91 year history of the church. So by putting prayer behind it and intentionality in it, we saw significantly more people respond in faith and, and, and move forward. The other thing, and I think I mentioned to this to you, Josh, before the recording started, um, I'm finding that I am having significantly more gospel conversations uh, with people who are visiting our church, that sort of thing, just because we're talking about this from the platform with more regularity and intentionality, it's becoming sort of common in the culture, the DNA of our church. And our staff is reporting to me significantly more gospel conversations, I think, because of the prayer and the intentionality supporting this idea. So I think um, while we are like you, we do baptisms. We've had them normally scheduled on the fourth Sunday of every month. I think we may move them in the near future, but we do them once a month. By doing this big sort of significant emphasis, like we just finished yesterday, it really has seemed to sort of awaken and encourage a spirit of evangelism and a commitment to it in a way that wasn't necessarily previously there. Hmm. Yeah. And the, what's the, if you don't emphasize it, 
what is the other option is to not emphasize right, it. a lack of emphasis, which is and, what I think many most of our churches probably live in. Yeah. And I, and I would say that, you know, it's all about how you emphasize something. It's, you know, you emphasize different things throughout the year. You emphasize, obviously, at Easter, the resurrection. At mm-hmm. Christmas, you uh, emphasize the the birth of Christ. I mean, these are things that we have always done with, with different doctrines, with uh, different parts of our churches. You know, children obviously emphasize that VBS in our denomination. I mean, there's there's all sorts of things that you emphasize throughout the year. Why wouldn't you also emphasize baptism? It, it's same with the Lord's Supper, unless your church is, you know, taking the Lord's Supper every week. And even then, it's, it's an emphasis. It's a very intentional sure. emphasis. So I do think that uh, the teaching, the proper teaching of baptism, the emphasis about baptism, uh, the importance of baptism, these are things that in a lot of tribes, our own especially, um, have unfortunately not been done well. And, and the irony of this is it's one of the things that we value the most in our numbers, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's attendance, it's and budget. Name. It, yeah, it's baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that in our own tribe we've done this well. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, don't, I, I certainly don't have an issue with emphasizing it. These are things that we often do in the church in any number of areas. Not, it's just all about how you do it. Not an, not an issue, obviously. I just think that most of us, over time, we passively emphasize it. It's like, yeah, we do it. And if somebody wants to do it, I, I just see a shift in churches and the other leadership that I'm talking to and in our own experience. This is just me talking. This is where we were. Um, it's obviously like, hey, if you want to be baptized or if if the gospel is shared at an event or one-on-one and somebody comes to Christ and we find out about that, then we talk to them about baptism. This was putting baptism out there more aggressively. It was, it was uh, not passive, you know. We were really engaged in this idea of saying, look, baptism is a big deal. This is why it's a big deal. You guys uh, should consider baptism if you haven't been baptized. Here's some reasons you don't get baptized, like just to be part of the crowd or just to make some sort of extra biblical statement or something like that. These are some things not to do. And so by being more um, engaged with it, we've, like you, Micah, had many more evangelistic conversations where people – I mean, a lot of people just want to be part, like, yeah, I want to participate. I've not been baptized. Let me do that. And then the next question from all of our staff and leaders and small group leaders and volunteers is, great, tell me about your walk with Jesus. Tell me about how that conversation and relationship began. So those are I, I literally, good things. <clears throat> at the time we're recording this right now, I finished a conversation literally 60 minutes ago in response to the sermon on baptism yesterday about the gospel, believing the gospel, whether or not this person had believed the gospel, got to walk through the gospel and talk about baptism. I mean, I'm not kidding, 60 minutes ago Mm -hmm. because of our emphasis on this. And that's just become very common. We had two people baptized yesterday who in the last week I had conversations with walking through the gospel. What does it mean to understand grace? And then they, you know, uh, responded by by walking through baptism yesterday. Sure. (laughs) Having trusted in Christ. And so, yeah, I think it's significant. I think it, it can. It depends on how you do it. It can require a fair amount of investment and uh, mm-hmm. and time. Uh, so you got to be willing to do that. But I, if we're not willing to invest time in this, I don't know what we're willing to invest time in. Let's talk about that. What is the okay? So it's an emphasis. Great. Uh, we know the significance of it. We know the spiritual and faith significance of it. Sure. But it is on some level an event, and it needs to be planned and 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 promoted and then 
actually carried out and it needs to be done well, as well as you can do it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's what a lot of our listeners would be interested in is, yeah, I'm all on board with this stuff, but how did you guys execute the actual plan? Mm-hmm. It's it's always a celebration. Sure. That's the okay. tone. So when you're planning the event, you you know, this is something that needs to be celebrated. Um, and, and so we, when we go out at the beach, we, we, we basically do a picnic like atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll have maybe a fifth or a fourth of our congregation that will show up for, um, this so-called baptism event. What I love about it is it's public. Um, you know, I, I sometimes wonder about what we've done with baptism, uh, by pulling it inside the church building and in a baptistry, at least in, that's the way we've we've done it, and that's why I think a lot of people in our tribe do it. Right. And I I don't think there's anything theologically wrong with that, but the idea that a baptism would be public in front of people, I mean, we we have gospel conversations on the beach because people are like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's wonderful. Uh, so, but it's a big celebration. So the how is we get out there. It you know we're we're coastal Floridian, so it's real low key. I mean, we have burgers and hot dogs, and uh, everyone comes out, and then you know we've got a uh, a laminated um, sheet of paper for me as I'm out there baptizing people. So I have the people being baptized in order. Uh, I don't get their names wrong. Uh, the other thing that we've learned is the waves uh, don't really allow for me to be heard from the shore. So uh, we'll do the introductions and all that beforehand uh, as well, and we'll get out there and we'll we'll baptize people. It's anywhere between five and twenty uh, at a time. Hmm. Yeah. So, th- go ahead, Josh. All I was going to say was I completely agree with you, Sam. One of the reasons I think that our particular tribe of Christianity in the United States spread so fast was this public um, baptism sort of situation, and just that Christianity spreads when it's more public which is the way it was designed to do. You know, it was supposed to be public. It's a public faith. So um, what I find redemptive or, you know, we really emphasize is the social media aspect because that's just a modern version of taking what has been sort of quiet and just in the church and just that decision much more public. I mean, we were posting this. And I think in a lot of pastors, you know, you post that picture with the person being baptized that day and that celebratory we do that so that all the people can share in that. You get a lot of people who are like, I'm watching online or I'll watch the video back later because of I wasn't able to travel to that or I want to celebrate this. And so I think you're exactly right, which is one of the reasons I really like that public uh, social media is dominating that aspect. So our preparation's a little different than what Sam described. Um, <clears throat> we... I don't know how many hours we spent in preparation for this, but it was, if you collectively added up all of the staff's hours that they put into this, it would be in the hundreds of hours in prep for this one day, um, above and beyond what we would normally do. But we also were doing baptisms in multiple venues, multiple campuses. And so we, and we had two photographers and a videographer in every venue, every campus to capture professional photos and videos and that sort of stuff. So it required a little more investment on our time. Um, we did a ton of outreach because what we do is, you know, every candidate who wants to be baptized, we, we do an interview with them to be able to make sure that they're, um, you know, where they need to be. And we have a pretty significant spreadsheet where we track all the candidates who have said, Hey, I'm interested in following Christ in baptism. 
we track all of them and then we have um, on the spreadsheet everything from have they been interviewed, who interviewed them, who do they want to baptize them because we let really as long as they're a believer and they're a part of our church, we let them baptize. And so mm-hmm. men, women, moms, dads, anybody can baptize as long as they're a believer in good standing who's part of our church. And so we have to track who's doing all the baptisms. And um, then we provide baptism t-shirts for all the candidates. And so we're tracking all the sizes. And I mean, we've got a pretty fair amount of that sort of stuff we had to we had to do. But this is the first time we actually allowed people to profess faith in Christ and be baptized on the same day. I know some folks don't like that. Our argument was <clears throat> in order for someone to be baptized at our church, they simply have to go through an interview process. We normally do the interview and two or three weeks later we do the baptism, but there's no reason why the interview can't be on the same day as the baptism. Right. So they still went through the exact same process, even if they responded in the service and said, hey, I want to trust Jesus um, and follow him in baptism. We sent them back to a room where they would um, um, where give they would testimony. give their testimony. Yeah, that's right. And so they would give their testimony. They'd meet with the candidates, uh, pray with a person. And then once we affirmed them, we had to order not only baptism t-shirts that have extra ones, we had to order shorts and flip-flops so that they could have clothes to change into. We had towels available. And then um, what we also did is we offered what we called our, our baptism class. So for the two Sundays leading up to Baptism Sunday, every hour that we had a service time, we also had a baptism class being offered. So it was a one hour class where they could walk through what is the gospel? What does it mean to trust Christ? How do you, what is baptism and how do you go about walking through baptism? And then if they were interested in baptism after the class was over, we went ahead and had interviewers in each of those classrooms to do the interviews on the spot. Now that's how we handle it for for teenagers and adults. For children, we have a different process. Uh, children were the one exception that we would not allow to respond and be baptized in the same day. We have a new believers course that our children's director leads. And so we do that a few different times a year. And all of our kids who are baptized have to go through this. I think it's a four week course where they walk through what is the gospel? What is baptism? But we do it at, you know, at a pedagogically consistent level. So it's, uh, you know, kids can understand it. And then there's an interview process. Pedagogically, for you, you got a good word in there. You like that? <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that since my Greek professor. Yeah. So That's a good one. But I mean, so again, we're trying to at a, at a child appropriate level, still do the exact same process. They're being interviewed. We want to be very cautious about manipulation, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, and so we do baptize kids. I know some churches don't baptize kids. We do baptize kids, but they have a process to go through. Uh, but it also means that about 60% of our baptisms, maybe even a little higher are, uh, adults. And so, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we did. We also do then create invitations. So if anybody's going to be baptized on that Sunday, we create invitations that have a space for them to fill in. Here's the location and the timing of the service I'm going to be baptized in. And we put them in their hands so that they can invite all their friends to -hmm. come and be at the uh, baptism service. And we saw a ton of guests yesterday, which was really neat. And uh, we do the, the pictures and the video allow for us to really do some social media stuff afterwards, but it also gives a really cool gift to every person who's being baptized. Mm-hmm. They get a professional photo and a video of their baptism um, after the after the fact. So let me let me throw a curveball in here okay. and uh, change gears just a bit. Um, what if uh, the one thing that we haven't talked about, all, all of this is great, Micah, all of that planning, we, we do a lot of that too. Um, and maybe I'm just not giving my support team and baptism team enough credit because they, they do a lot of that work with our, you know, beach baptisms. We get t-shirts and, you know, certificates. We give baptism certificates to people, all, all of that. And I think those are all good. But let me just, like, from a doctrinal theological perspective, um, what what about this being a part of church discipline? Um, 
as you emphasize baptism, what you were doing is you were also calling out those who perhaps have neglected what I believe to be the first step of obedience in following Christ. Um, so, you know, that emphasis on baptism also allows you to have gentle conversations with people who um, need to kind of get it together and be baptized. You, that's right. Have you seen any of that? That's, um, yeah, I think that's absolutely something we've seen. We do. I mean, there are people who we say, no, we don't think you're ready to be baptized. And we'll say we think um, – because remember, you'll always have people who think baptism is the answer, right? Mm -hmm. If there's something right, not yeah. right in their life, they need to just be baptized. No, or baptized. you need to trust Christ or be baptized again. No, that's not the answer. And so we do have people who are on our list who we went through and did interviews with. And we said, you know what? We don't think you're at, at the point where you've really trusted Christ and believed, but we want to continue to work with you to help you be there. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, Sam, you're absolutely right. That is part of it. And we've, we've had people – I mean, I've had people who have said, you know what? I, I've been meaning to do this for 10 years, 20 years, 30 mm -hmm. years, or what? I've just never done it. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they're even on the membership list that's you right. know, as members of our church. That's, right. uh, that, mm -hmm. that's, not, uh, that's not the way it should be. Right. Um, and and I, for me, it is also a good opportunity to uh, practice church discipline, but in a way that's not heavy-handed, right. not in a way that you're right. you know, beating people up over this. You're, you're uh, persuading them, you're encouraging them to, to do the right thing. Uh, and I've seen this emphasis, the whole point of this show today is just should you do an emphasis or not. I think one of the great parts of emphasizing it is, yes, it allows for evangelism opportunities. It allows, uh, you know, proper teaching. Uh, but it also allows you to do church discipline in a way that is uh, gentle and kind yeah. and appropriate for the for the individuals who uh, who need to be baptized. Yeah, that's right. I agree with right. that. I would say a, co a couple of things that we did this time, and I'll be real honest, we didn't think through it. I didn't think through it. I was like, hey, we're doing baptism Sunday on this date. And then somebody says, no, we have that big thing happening that date. That would mess – you got to move one of them. And so I was like, okay, the next Sunday. That was literally the emphasis there. Now, I wasn't doing it obviously for the denominational kind of connection. I was doing it just because I immediately saw the benefits of – yeah, if we emphasize this, this will help with kind of what you're talking about there, Sam, with um, gentle church discipline and saying you need to get that this is an act of obedience, it's a testimony, those sort of things. So I just immediately – I did not think through it the way that Brainerd thought through it, which is great, and we will next time. Some of the things that we did as we were going, though, that I found to be pretty helpful, one of them was just a like, – like I keep emphasizing is move off of this whole like let us know and really kind of take it to them. And so um, the easiest way that we got people to let us know that they were interested was uh, towards the close of the service, we have uh, what we call a decision room to the left where people can go and make decisions, pray, that sort of stuff. To our right, our baptistry is sort of almost ground level. It's very low, and it's to the right of the stage. We had a person standing over there with just a simple clipboard and if you're interested in finding out more, that's what I would say. Just finding out what baptism means, why we're emphasizing it, that sort of thing. Then go over there and let that person know. We got a good chunk of the people just letting us know. You you need that like real simple next step for somebody mm -hmm. to step up and say. The other way that we found um, names or people who needed to have conversations was through our church management software, we just pulled everybody that doesn't have a baptism date. Now – that's flawed. It's obviously flawed. Most of our staff, when they came in, 
their date wasn't entered. And a lot of people don't even know the date. So mm. when we sent out this big email and then this letter later, our staff were getting these letters and stuff like that. But they're like, no, I, I'm clear. I could tell you exactly when. Here's the whole story, you know, that sort of thing. So um, it's flawed, but we were totally fine with, um, you know, let's say we sent out 600 emails that direction. I was completely fine with sending 300 that didn't need it, that mm. that had a story, that as long as those other 300 had a point of connection and an immediate kind of response there. So it's been something super simple. And as I've talked to other pastors and ministry leaders, they then took that and it's, I mean, it can happen in an hour and a half. You just mm. go back and pull a, a query and then shoot out an email. Yeah. That that has yielded quite a few results on people who just need the conversation to start. So, anything else from you guys on baptism Sunday? No, no I, I think it's. I think this has been a good discussion for for us. Um, a good reminder for me. Um, it's you know it's one of these things that you know I. You know, I hate to throw my, show my theological cards too much, but I have a lot of opinions, and I'm glad to share them. You know, I believe in two ordinances of the church, mm-hmm. uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Um, and I have some sympathies for those who would say feet washing, um, but, you know, that we're not we're not quite there. It's <laughs> a church. We're not quite there. Although I, I got I, I to gotta get the argument for those of you who are in that small, uh, nuanced part of uh, a, a third ordinance. Uh, I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm not, I'm not quite there, but I hear you. Um, you, you know, I, and so, you know, there needs to be a lot more discussion about this because I, I fear that without the discussion, yeah, it just becomes a numbers game, p- particularly for denominations like ours. And that's certainly not what we want. You know, we, we want this to be true and genuine and legitimate and good. And the only way that's going to happen is if you emphasize it, if you're intentional about it, whether you have events, baptism events, or whether you have uh, baptism celebrations, or, or whether it's just uh, something that you do on, a, you know, you emphasize all the time. Um, any any of the above is good, uh, so long as you're teaching it properly, uh, and so long as you're emphasizing it in your church. So, Mike, are you going to do this again, same level? <clears throat> yeah, this is probably going to become an annual event. The one thing I haven't even talked about yet, Josh, is what it did for the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one of the most. Uh, so, okay, I'm prone to hyperbole. Let me back off that a little bit. I want to be careful. We're 24 hours removed from it. Yeah. My impression, what it seems to be, is that yesterday was one of the most galvanizing, unifying moments that we've experienced as a church since I've been its pastor. Um, everybody was moved. I mean, dads baptizing their kids and getting choked up as they, you know, as they baptize their kids, and people have been discipling others, baptizing the folks that they've been discipling, and I mean, just. The, the response, the the beauty of baptism, the response of the relationship for us when people are relationally connected with the people they're baptizing, it makes it's moving, it's powerful, it's compelling. Um, I mean, I just I don't know of anything we've done that was as moving, powerful, exciting, galvanizing, unifying for our church as this yeah. was. And so, yes, are we going to do it again? Absolutely, maybe twice a year. We'll do it at least once a year, maybe twice a year. We're definitely going to do it. We're just going to rip off more of what Brainerd did. Um, <laughs> and we might have it at the beach, but yes. not totally We're sure. all going to Sam's church, and we're going to have it at the beach. Sam, we're coming to hey, visit. Hey, listen, we'll, we'll count your numbers. Yes. Bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be glad to take your, your numbers. It'll make us look really good. <laughs> Sam, tell us about our relationship with Church Answers and what's going on there. Yes, yes. We, uh, we have a new partnership and a new uh, sponsor, so to speak. Uh, at Church Answers, and we are excited to announce that we can offer you guys a deal on 
a resource that I believe is an amazing resource for church revitalization. Um, so you can check more. It's uh, you know all of these sessions with my dad, Tom Rayner, uh, through uh, Church Answers, his company, and he's been so kind and gracious to give our listeners a very steep discount on this resource. You can check out more about it at my uh, blog, samrainer.com, and just check in the show notes on ES, any of the EST posts and click on that. And uh, you, you should definitely just go check it out. Um, it's a great deal and uh, we'll be glad to, uh, to give you that deal. It's just for our listeners. So yeah, samrainer.com, go check it out. Church revitalization resource. Uh, I know that's a lot of our listeners. So uh, we encourage you to, uh, to see more at samrainer.com. Yeah. Yeah, because our listeners are special. That's all the time we have for today. Sam has to go wash his feet, and we appreciate you <laughs> rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to EST. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.